0: Hello, I'm Joe Walsh, Managing Director of Lipidico Limited, ASX-listed Lithium Development Company. Uh, We're in the process of uh, Transitioning our Phase One project from the definitive feasibility study stage into oper- into uh, development and then operations for first production in 2024. We don't just produce lithium; uh, our proprietary process technologies allow us to produce a range of other byproducts as well. So I'm thrilled today to be uh, talking with you about the project, but also what we're seeing in some of our. Um,
1: Uh, observations from within the Lithium industry. Joe, good to to have you back. You're just the man I want to speak to. The Lithium market is going a little bit crazy at the moment. Prices are going through the roof. Uh, We're hearing all sorts of things about supply chain. What can you tell us? So We've seen this market
0: evolving very rapidly. Um, and uh, I think a lot of uh, uh, your clients are aware that la- late last year we entered into an offtake arrangement for our lithium chemical from the Phase One project with one of the leading um, trading companies, Traxxas. And as a result of that, we have, we've we've uh, having all sorts of conversations within the industry with groups that we already were engaged with, but also groups that we hadn't previously engaged with, or with groups that. We're renewing conversations with. And we're really seeing now interest um, pushing down from getting supply from the major incumbent producers into the new producers, into the developers. And I think that there was a prevailing view amongst lithium consumers until probably uh, middle of last year, late last year. The industry would be able to increase output and satisfy demand, particularly for electric vehicle uses. What we're seeing now is that there's real concern that some major projects may not go ahead. Like we have seen, obviously, recently, uh, Rio Tinto's project Yadar in Serbia have its license revoked now that project was meant to produce 58,000 tons a year of lithium chemical into the market from one of the world's leading uh, resources companies it's gone and so i think that in part has been a catalyst for this resurgent interest in what we're seeing and literally as every week goes by we're getting more and more unsolicited interest in our product.
1: let's t- let's talk about that because i mean th- Serbia, um, I mean, that, that does, that's a huge project to be taken out of the market in, in one casual casual sweep. But also, um, the, big, the bigger players, the Albemarle's of this world, you're, you're, into, you're suggesting that they can't turn the volume up, turn the dial up in terms of production either. So we, 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 why can't they do that? Because I remember speaking to JP Morgan um, banker about 3 years ago and said, Lithium is uninvestable, and I'll tell you why is because you just need two of the big producers in South America to just turn the volume up on their production, and the market is awash with this stuff. How wrong was he? I think that that
0: maybe at that point in time, uh, that it might have been right, but where this in market is going to, it's it's, in, it's very difficult to see that being the case. Um, you know, I think a lot of commentators are now looking at this market um, demand being around a million tons a year of chemical by 2025. It was only a few years ago that that was the projected number for 2030. It's now been brought forward to 2025. But <clears throat> with what we're seeing, we're seeing demand could way exceed that by 2025. Um, and the reality is, I don't think that the lithium industry is going to be able to supply it. So, you know, the, the market, you would talk about volume, the market requires um, a certain amount of volume by 25. I think that that volume is increasing dramatically um, with adoption, particularly of electric vehicles, just accelerating away. And the industry is not going to be able to supply it. Plus, we're now getting obstacles coming in. From permitting of projects, securing of equipment, or finalizing feasibility studies for projects. And it's one of the ways I think that Lepidico is extremely well placed in that we've got a project pretty much ready to go. Like it is, is fully permitted in Namibia and in Abu Dhabi, we're building on an industrial park and they want us there. Like there is so much opposition to these natural resources projects, particularly in developed countries.
1: There is. So, just want to stick with the, the supply-demand because that's the thesis, right? We've got to get the, got to get the thesis right. So, on the on the supply side, obviously Rio has been knocked knocked out of the equation. Do you think they'll come back on, or was that the, the door is firmly shut and locked?
0: I, I think that there'll be efforts to bring it back on. I'd, I've got no idea uh, as to when it might be able to. Um, Be resurrected. But we're seeing this all over the place, Matt, that um, there is real opposition to natural resources projects, mining projects in developed countries. No one wants these things in their backyard. In Namibia, we are in a very arid environment, we're on a government's property. And The local people and the government want us there because it's all about job creation. We're not displacing anyone. We're not going to be affecting anyone in
1: the immediate environment. It's the perfect location for a mine. No, we, 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 we know a lot about Namibia because of the uranium producers there. In fact, we've got a piece coming out, um, soon about doing business in Africa. Namibia is a big part of that. Um, but just coming back to the South American place, because we've interviewed a lot of uh, lithium companies over the past two and a half, three years, and they've been struggling to get financing for pilot plants, let alone commercial operating plants. Are we saying that the market has changed so dramatically in the last couple of years that that will no longer be an, uh, an object, a, a, a you know bump along the road to get over it. You think there's going to be more money looking at Lithium based on what you're seeing happening with pricing at the moment? Yeah, absolutely.
0: So I think what we're going to have to see here in the Lithium market, you mentioned price
1: a little earlier,
0: and obviously prices are up at record highs and probably going to be pushing higher. There has to be a medium to longer term sustained incentive price the big question is what does that look like okay so we're already seeing lithium carbonate prices up around sixty seventy thousand dollars a ton we've been hearing from the industry that um, uh, prices of up to a hundred thousand dollars a ton are going to be quite possible we'll probably see prices test those kind of levels that's not sustainable the question then is what is going to be uh, where, where will prices pull back to to a sustainable level to incentivize these projects that you 're talking about because the industry absolutely has to have them otherwise we 're not going to be able to be manufacturing batteries and uh, there's some of the word that we 're starting to hear now is thirty to forty thousand dollars a ton is the sort of st- the price range to be incentivizing the sort of capacity that rec- um, new capacity that 's required for the second half of this decade.
1: It'll, it'll find its own level depending on what, what the supply side looks like. And, and a few of the other sort of broaden this out a bit. Um, a few of the other things that are going on in the marketplace are around, you know, people's understanding of the different types of lithium products in terms of, you know, carbonates through to, you know, hydroxides, etc. And, you know, what the pricing will do, what the pricing does and the center price will become what it needs to become depending on the supply. But there's also the technology component to this which is some companies just don't have the necessary uh, skills in-house and they're reliant on either consultants coming in or bringing in what we're seeing a lot of is Chinese partners to solve or crack the code, as it were. so there's a kind of, um, it's a very mixed market, it's a very sort of fragmented market. And then, of course, you've kind of got the DLE component from a few companies out there and perhaps, um, you know, a few suffer, suffering from actually not necessarily being able to deliver on, on that front either. You, we should talk about Lepedica in a second, we should. We, we should, we should. Um, but how, how are you seeing people's um, understanding of the Lithium market affecting, you know, the, the investor um, behaviour out there? Do you, do you think people understand Lithium enough
0: yet? I think that there are there are pockets of good understanding of the lithium market, um, but I think an awful lot of uh, investors um, and also commentators, for that matter, are coming up to speed in this this place. So, you know, we we've been now immersed in this. Um, since sort of 2015 2016, and we've now got the benefit of intelligence coming through from our relationship with Traxxas, and they've been arguably trading lithium chemicals longer than anyone else since around 2009. So I think that we've got um, very good experience, uh, and also um, that we can pull from from Traxxas on this. So uh yeah the 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 market is um uh evolving so rapidly it is very difficult I think for a lot of um uh, uh, people both within the industry and also in in the investment community to be keeping up with what's
1: going on so I mean trade how does how does Traxxas play this right because it's got customers they've, you've got an off t- they've got offtake with you. They've got customers they need to flip this onto. Um, what do you do? You know what those conversations are looking like now. Obviously, you know Tracson must be pleased they've they've got the the supply from you. But are they are are they, I'm trying. I'm trying to wait. How do they take advantage of the situation without actually saying? Do they take advantage of the situation? But it's it's quite a nice position for them to be in right now. No, absolutely it is. And um,
0: so they've got long standing relationships with consumers, lithium consumers um, across the industry, be it in China, uh, other parts of Asia, uh, Europe, and to a lesser extent, North America, because it's emerging, it's really an emerging industry there. Um, So uh, they've got those. Those are long-standing relationships that have stood the test of time, and they're communicating quite openly about it. We have a very open um, relationship with Traxxas. We have Lapidico people on almost all of these calls that Traxxas is having with consumers. So we're negotiating these back-to-back offtake arrangements um, in collaboration with Traxxas. So we've got very good visibility on what. Consumers are saying to us, and uh, the experiences that they're having within the market, and how they're seeing the market themselves evolve. See, but, but the they don't intrigue
1: with is you, tractors need to go and secure a lot more lithium, right? Because otherwise, they're going to have some very disappointed customers because you can't. You're going to have customers saying, I'll take everything you've got, Traxxas, or I'll take 50% of what you've got, whatever the big numbers are. But it's going to be, the numbers are more, are are significant now. The game changes. The game is afoot. So that's what I mean by taking advantage of the situation. They're going to have to Hmm. go and tie up things. Do you think there are enough projects out there near production for them to be able to do that? Because, you know, you give us a clue there, and I I can confirm it through our conversations with patching manufacturers and OEMs that, the supply the buyers for the, you know, the buyers are tasked with, do not let us run out of X, Y and Z commodities. That is your job. And I want I want you to go and get that now. not 2025, not 2027 for, for a 2030 delivery. now. There's very difficult conversations and it's going to get a little bit heated. Out there, which is great for companies like yourself who are near near production, great for Traxxas, but this also comes with problems. Of well, how do we take advantage of this?
0: No, it, you're exactly right. It is difficult to actually see how that occurs because um, there there are there's no shortage of early stage projects out there, but how many of those projects can actually transition efficiently and in a timely manner to having a definitive feasibility study like Lepidico's got? and then being able to get the offtake in place, the funding in place, the permit, final permits in place to be able to transition into development. Now, for a lot of these projects, those are enormous obstacles. Um, and so I think for any of these customers, be it, be it consumers or also groups like Traxxas or trading companies, it's, you can put your foot on some of these projects at an early stage, but the reality is not all of them are going to be successful. And I think that there is a there is a a tendency to wait to see how projects evolve. And we've seen this in discussions we've been having over the last three or four years. That once we got the definitive feasibility study, once we completed our ESIAs, once we had our greenhouse gas emissions report, which was done by GHD, we can demonstrate the credentials of our project. And that resonates with consumers. And so I think that's what's leading us now to, or well has led us to be able to enter into a binding offtake agreement with Traxxas, but is then also allowing us to have these really very fruitful discussions with actual end consumers.
1: I, I, I often want, the ESG is a big component and I hear every day from every single company we, we speak to and they've got various understanding and levels of delivery against that broad framework of ESG what's it actually mean on the Colfax what does what does Traxas demand of you what does Traxxas's customers demand of it and therefore you what what, what, what is the what is the code the, the the level that companies need to reach going forward I think
0: that the first thing is to to actually be able to demonstrate what your what the exposures are of the project so be it greenhouse gas emissions it's not just co2 for example methane emissions are a far more uh, have a far greater effect from a warming perspective than co2 so it's just that the data is presented on a co2 equivalent basis okay but so doing a, having the detailed assessment of gr- uh, greenhouse gas emissions for a project Water usage, land usage, like those are probably the three big items that the that lithium projects really need to uh, be able to demonstrate what the impacts are, and um, and then if there if there are emissions, and there always will be, how what can be done to progressively. Um, reduce them. So for example, uh, for our phase one project, which is a vertically integrated project, mine concentration through to a chemical conversion to produce fine chemicals. So for that vertically integrated package, um, our CO2 equivalent emissions, so total greenhouse gas emissions, scope one and two. So that's at the operating sites, plus all of the power that we use and its associated emissions. We're about 25% lower emissions than a typical vertically integrated spodgyming business. We know where our emissions are, though. Like our largest single source of emissions is in the natural gas that we use to produce process heat. So, this is in a boiler. Like we're we're heating water up to 160 degrees to produce steam. It's not a high temperature, but that's 60% of our total greenhouse gas emissions. The boiler that we're looking at putting in in the chemical plant in Abu Dhabi is going to be hydrogen enabled. So, once we can secure a, a feed of hydrogen from that, and what color hydrogen that is, I can't tell you right now, but it could be any one of the colors of the rainbow pretty much. But we're but obviously going to be ideally looking at green hydrogen. That could take our CO2 emissions for the integrated project down to three tons of CO2 equivalent. Per ton of lithium carbonate equivalent produced per year, or produced as a ratio, that would be best in industry. Now that's scope one and two emissions, scope three emissions, we can't estimate until we come into production because we need to know where we're getting exactly where we're getting all of our reagents from, where the products are going to. We can't determine all of that at this point in time. GHD, who did our greenhouse gas emissions report, though, opined that because of our byproducts. We should be. We should score extremely well on um, scope three emissions. So I think it's only once you've got a definitive feasibility study that you can actually coherently be evaluating what your scope one and two emissions are. When you're at scoping study, it's very easy to kind of, with all due respect, wave your arms around and say zero zero carbon, but in reality. I actually struggle to see how virtually any projects are ever going to be zero carbon unless you're actually uh, taking, uh, committing to credits.
1: Yeah. Nice, cheap and easy way out of, well, not cheap and I say cheap, but an easy way out of it. But I mean, they're, they're the, well, here's a question for you, Jay, is, are we sort of marching towards a bifurcated market in terms of pricing in that case? Because if the, if the supply side is not quite up to it, the demand is overwhelming. There's going to be a very meaningful discussion at at multiple boards around the world Where say, well, do you know what? If they're that desperate and in need of what we've got, why add the cost at our end? Right? Why bother going through this? Because some are going to be more capable than others, right? Unless they're buying, forced to buy credits, but then you kind of just you you, you pass you are just passing them and money around the table, right? That's right. And I think it's a little different to that. Whether whether the bar market does become bifurcated or not, I'm not sure. Like
0: I think that we're going to see a market with such strong demand globally that pretty much any Lithium units that can be produced, whether they're clean Lithium units or dirty Lithium units are going to get consumed. The bigger question is where are they going to get consumed? Well, the reality is that given the stringent requirements, particularly in Europe and also emerging in the US, then obviously that's where the clean units are going to be demanded. And there might be a premium for those. Um, the dirtier units may well be going to other parts of the world that are less um, uh, stringent when it comes to considering the, the, um, the upstream CO2 impacts. Um, so I think I think that the lithium units will get you consumed. Um, and you might be right, that they might become somewhat bifurcated from a price perspective. But it's it's going to probably mean that uh, the the pricing pressure is largely going to be in the Western countries
1: yeah but it comes back to your comment earlier not in my backyard please yes right and you know and we're seeing this in coal we've got an Australian uh, billionaire um working with a with a, with the a funds saying oh, we're going to take our ex energy company and we're going to remove the coal no you're not you're going to just place it to somewhere else it that that that's What's going to happen? And it, and I just think it's, it's, it's interesting. This kind of, at the moment, lack of joined up thinking. Um, but I totally wholeheartedly agree with you. The mining industry needs to kind of clean its act up. More companies doing what you're doing in terms of really looking at how you identify and how you, um, remedi- not necessarily remediate how, how you, um, fix those problem areas and be able to tell a proper green story. That's, Need a lot more of that going on, but I look, look, appreciate the the, the the background of what's going on in the marketplace. It, it does it does it's going to get a little bit exciting this year, I, I, I suspect. But what can you tell us, tell us about you? You were only on a couple of weeks ago, so for those of who perhaps haven't seen that interview, uh, maybe just give us a quick run through of where you're at with regards to uh, funding uh, and moving the project forward. Sure. So uh, funding is is progressing,
0: pushing forward, Um, for for those who haven't seen the previous uh, interview, uh, Development Finance Corporation, the US government's uh, funding arm to uh, projects in developing countries. Um, uh, They are now well advanced in detailed due diligence, Uh, they've appointed their legal counsel, so we're getting into evaluation of key contracts, etc. Um, so we're looking at wrapping all of these uh, threads together uh, in the second quarter of this year, with the objective of them being able to make a final investment decision, um, uh, probably hopefully early in the third quarter. Um, it means that like we have been targeting getting first production uh, late 23 and and first shipment out in late 23. That's uh, now slipped into into 2024. Um, But the important thing here in my mind is we have got a project that's right on the cusp and being ready to go. Um, There are very, very few other projects out there in that that position. The other thing that we're focusing on in parallel with this is growing our resource base. To your points of earlier, the market needs more uh, Lithium units, and they want to see us and the customers that we're talking to want to see us demonstrate that we can grow our output. So I was in Namibia last week, first time in two years. Um, And it's amazing how when you get on the ground, you can really be moving things forward. We had some fabulous meetings and conversations. Um, We're drilling on site right now. We're going to be, we should have a second rig on site, diamond rig on site this week. The RC rig is moving back down to Rubicon. So as of next month, we should be starting to get assays coming through. We want to grow this resource base. We don't need a lot of tons. Like phase one or reserve is just under seven million tons. It's not a big tonnage. If we can get another seven million tons, we've got a phase two project, similar size. To phase one at five thousand tons a year of lithium hydroxide output, I think we'll see our Calorabib assets produce a lot more resource tons than that. Now, realistically, I think if we can be getting um, sort of twelve or uh, million tons, we got a ten thousand tonne a year phase two. I'd like to see the resource grow to over twenty thousand tons, uh, twenty million tons, which could give us a fifteen to twenty thousand tonne a year project. We probably won't be able to achieve that latter. Resource growth uh, objective by the end of this year. I think that we can, uh, a reasonable target for resource growth for this year is probably getting, adding another 10 to 12 million tonnes. But that's a very, very substantial amount. And to your point again, that's what our customers want to see. They want to see us being able to grow our lithium units in the second half of this decade. And then it'll be coming from brownfield sources. We're a known quantity as far as uh, all of these ESG criteria are concerned, and we've got to, we'll have an operating business from phase one. We leverage that as a platform to, to then be able to grow the business in a very efficient manner.